right before we get into this, if you have a question, if you have a topic that you want us to cover or just anything at all, openpixelstudios.com slash pod question. That will get you to the submission form. You can give, you're shaking your head at me. It's just such a silly name. <laughs> pod question. <laughs> Ask your pod question. It's, there's no other good way to say it. That's fair. Ask your questions. You can also visit our website for this podcast. Specifically, it's openpixelstudios.com slash behind the pixel or slash BTP. Either of those, you can listen to past episodes or, you know, shoot us a note. Yeah. Give us a little, a little ring, a little, post a little, uh, little poke. Hey there. Welcome back. Uh, my name is Catherine. And I'm Will. And this is Behind the Pixel, an open pixel podcast. The podcast where we try to close the knowledge gap between those who buy creative content and those who make it. Yeah, today's topic, when to use animation and when to avoid animation altogether. Right. We know this sounds crazy <laughs> coming from animators yeah. <laughs> who are telling you that there's times where you don't need animation. Uh, but yeah, so speaking about avoidance, uh, mm -hmm. I am a conflict avoider, uh, as you know. I am, But what know. kinds of things have you been avoiding lately? Ooh, you know, my mom. Probably. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're just going to get, right <laughs> I was not expecting that. We're going to get yeah. real deep. Well, she wants me to take this Pilates class and I'm oh, not feeling that. Pilates with my mom. Get out of here, mom. <laughs> not doing it. I'm not doing it. Well, it sounds like you might have some problems there. Maybe you want to work that out through therapy. <laughs> In terms of talking about our problem here yes, today. Yes, this is not therapy. Yeah. No, you're correct. <laughs> Why don't you talk about what the it's problem is? It's a different form of therapy. One of the problems around deciding whether or not to use animation or using the medium is that there are different assumptions about what the medium could be used for. And as a marketer, you might be coming up with ideas before getting to the creative person. That's often a situation that we find ourselves in, which may mean that your initial idea may be a bad fit for your audience or may not be feasible from a creative standpoint. Mm. But what do we know about fitting in? Uh, <laughs> we don't fit in anywhere. Do you fit anywhere? I want to say the only places that I fit in are when I'm in my Honda Fit <laughs> wearing my Fitbit. Ooh, yes. that's, that's quite fitting. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you didn't know already, OpenPixel is a pun-based studio. Mm -hmm. That is true. <laughs> what is, uh, what's the problem on the creative side? Right, right. Good question. One of the problems is that the creatives might not be brought into the production process early enough. And so in turn, sometimes they feel stuck because they weren't able to provide a better fitting direction for the piece overall. And as a creative that's working on something... Usually you, you kind of know this, this is sort of happening on the back end or internally, yeah. um, but you're not really able to speak up about it. Yeah. There's been a lot of times that I'm in the creative chair and thinking, this is not going to work, <laughs> you know, but the yeah. direction's already been laid out. Right. Uh, and you, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a tough place to be in, Yeah, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. There are some definitions needed for this one, AR and VR. We get into that a little bit, just yeah. a tiny, tiny just little a bit, little. just a little. We're going to dip just our toes in bit. there a little bit. And we should define what those are because they're very new technologies. And, you know, I think some people have some different definitions of them and sometimes it's not sure. clear. So AR stands for augmented reality, augmented reality. It's when your world, when seen through a specific device, 
That is very crucial. It's important to understand that you need a device between you and the world. So usually a phone or a tablet. A phone, a tablet, Google, <laughs> Especially if you're Google outside Glass, somewhere. Apple right. Glasses at some point. Mm -hmm. So you look through these devices and then those animated elements are then put within the world in which you inhabit. Through your device. Through your device. So you can see those things. So really good examples here. Uh, Ikea, you can use, I, I believe, you can use the app in Ikea to figure out whether or not uh, the mom desk will fit in your space. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of other ones, but yeah. Yeah. VR. Right. VR stands for virtual reality, which you've probably heard of before, but it's really the idea that your entire world is simulated through animation. And so you're interacting with those animated elements and even people to create an immersive experience. Yeah. The, the immersive part of it is really the differentiator. Mm -hmm. In augmented reality, the devices that you're using are being used as an extension of your hand as, as we are today with mm -hmm. tablets and things like that. When you're immersed in your experience, then all of your senses are kind of being taken over by, by the computer. So you're wearing some goggles, a headset, you have probably some headphones on. Yeah. You know, you might have like a thing that you put on your nose where you can smell. Oh, you smell. can smell. Ooh. In the future, I'm sure. Yeah. That's oh, that's definitely coming. Yeah. Smell a, smell a. Smell a VR? Smell a. Smell a ver. Smell a ver. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's get into these uh, roles. What, what role are you going with today? Yeah. So I think today I am playing, again, the role of the creative. You're a very creative person over there. I am. Thank I you. I think that's three episodes I've... in a row where I think. Is it Is three? It? Maybe, maybe no, two. No, I think it was two. Might be this is might be the second. Yeah, episode. we'll have to switch it up. Next yeah, time. We'll, we'll keep keep an eye on that. Yeah, because you, you do assuming, a lot of the marketing for us. Yeah, are you are you also? Uh, <laughs> what name are you assuming this time around? Today, as a marketer? No, I'm still Mr. Combs. Oh, okay. I feel like Mr. Combs. We can keep like, that going. Yeah. If I ever have like an avatar in the metaverse, mm -hmm. I think I'd name him Mr. Combs. Cool. Yeah, that's a fair name. You're the you're the I'm marketer, marketer. I'm the creative. Yeah. Uh, so right, as always, we're presenting the problem through our through two our lenses. eyes yeah yeah and through the context of talking about it from animation yes so as a marketer i look around the world probably using the internet <laughs> right I, in I'm theory using you're the using the internet i'm probably yeah. using the internet and i'm seeing animation basically everywhere i look mm -hmm. i'm seeing it in commercials and advertising i'm seeing it on my devices i'm seeing it on my kids devices i'm seeing it on billboards on ads like everywhere, everywhere. right and I'm thinking, I need to get in on this. Mm. Probably, right? <laughs> like it's a new, it's not necessarily a new trend. Animation's been around for a long time, but I want to, I want a piece of that action. You want to be a part of so it. So yeah. I, I say, okay, let's do X. I have an idea. I come up with an idea. It can be animated. Let's do X. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. And in your head, that sounds great. <laughs> you go off and you talk to your superiors about it. Maybe it's someone above you. Maybe it's your coworker. Maybe it's someone who like has some say in the decision, but you know, you're getting right, some could opinions. Be a team decision. I yeah. want to do this animated thing. What do you think? And they love it, right? You pitch your thing. Everyone's on board. You get sign off from the person. You yeah. get the budget, whatever it is. That's amazing when that happens, right? It is amazing. Because it feels every, really good. <laughs> could you imagine that boardroom? Like everybody's cheering. Yeah. There's fireworks going off in the CEO's chair. Like they are so excited to use animation. <laughs> they're, they're throwing puppies at your face is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, what a day that would be. <laughs> so now you go out and you're in charge of this project. Now you got to go out and do something about it. You have to mm -hmm. execute on the idea. So you bring the idea to someone else and and usually a creative person, a creative firm, a creative agency, a production studio, whatever you want to call it. They look at it and well, they start 
to probably execute. They might workshop it with you, but some people might just say, look, this is what it is. Here's what we're trying to do. Sounds good. Please go. Let's go do it. Yeah. And so they start to execute and and you think it's going to go amazing until you get the first look at that first pass of that first thing. And it's nothing like what you expect. (laughs) You You hate hate to see it. it. You hate to see it. (laughs) So it's not even close to your fantasy, Mm. right? So now you have to kind of go back either to your board, the people who like approved it. All the people who approved it Uh, are now taking back the puppies. No. And they're putting them away. Uh, Where? (laughs) Are they safe? (laughs) That's devastating. Yeah. And so now you either need to like pivot really hard or figure out something else. Right. And that's a really tough situation to be in. Definitely. Especially from a time and budget perspective. Right. Yeah. So Uh, what happens on the creative side? Yeah. So simultaneously, let's say we're at that point where a marketer has assigned a project to me. I get assigned that project and the client for me already has a script done. Maybe they've even done some work on the visual side. They have storyboards or concepts like already yeah, made so, and ready. sometimes done internally with their internal teams. Yeah, like absolutely. That, yeah. Which sounds awesome. Going back to our like, I'm kind of lazy sometimes. A little <laughs> less work for me is never a bad thing. A little less work for me, baby, is never a bad thing. I don't know. Wow. Oh, yeah. Breaking out the Elvis. <laughs> I see. I went to the eye. So I'll tell you a personal story real yeah. quick. I went to the eye doctor just recently and he had some blue suede shoes. Oh, wow. And I talked to him about in it in person. And I was like, I like your shoes. And he like went off on a tangent about, about <laughs> Elvis for like 20 minutes. We're going like, to have oh. to go watch that movie now. So you talk to your client about Elvis and you're having a great time. But then you start to realize as you're like combing through all the pieces that you got, that there's a disconnect happening between what the intention of the piece is. I'm looking at it through two different lenses here. I'm looking at the stylistic choices that have been made through those concepts and storyboards, and I'm looking at the messaging choices that have been made through the script. And since the client has already made that, what happens is that I'm being asked to work on something now that for me has less clarity because it's harder for me to depict what it is that they're really going for. Because maybe the tone for the audience feels off based on the visuals they're trying to go for. I can tell already as a creative, and I kind of feel confident about this, that the video might negatively impact their brand and the strategy overall that they're trying to achieve. So a couple of things that happen here, usually when I'm looking at a script, it's not necessarily taking motion into account, Mm. right? It might be solid around the goal that they're going for and what they're trying to say within there. But sometimes for me, I'm a little better equipped to understand where you can swap out a piece of dialogue for visuals or vice versa. I was going to say voice versa. (laughs) That's pretty good, though, right? Voice Voice versa. That's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, it's being written in such a way that the visuals could have been stronger. And so that means the messaging could have been stronger overall. So... I, as a creative, kind of feel really frustrated by this because I genuinely, truly want to help. I want to create the best piece of content that I can provide for you and for your brand. But you're putting me into this position where it's already a little bit too late because it's out of my control in terms of what we're saying and what the messaging is. So I feel stuck, quite frankly. Yeah. Everyone everyone upstairs has already made a decision for you. Yeah. Yeah you're kind of like, okay, I just need to execute on this now. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like at that point, you really just want to sort of break free. I want to 
break free. <laughs> I want to break free. You know, I was thinking about that Creed song. <laughs> this is the singing episode, I think. Uh, I think it is, yeah. <laughs> Let us know your favorite songs in the comments. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's provide some solutions to our friends here. And right. Try to, to both of these problems. Yeah. yeah. So from the marketer's perspective as a solution, one big solution that you might want to consider is to bring in a creative into your process a little earlier in the process of your ideation phase. So when we talk about ideation phase, what we're trying to say is that there's a stage in our process, at least that we kind of come up with ideas to figure out what's the best way to tell the story or what's the best way to communicate. And you want to do that even way before Mm -hmm. we get to it, because that's the part that matters to the people who are going to sign off on the project. And that ideation stage, bring in someone who's creative. It doesn't have to be an outside person. It can be someone in-house. It could be someone who's on the outhouse. Uh, oh, wow. I, think I-, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's, there's a reason why they never say, like, they always say out of house. Out of house. Out, yeah, because outhouse isn't catching out on is anytime soon. Great. It's not great. It's not great. Right, right. Well, <laughs> but if you don't trust anyone outhouse, find someone in-house who might be able to provide some creative solutions to the problems, that, what, what you're trying to do, trying to figure it out. But you really don't want to wait until you figure out that you have to pivot later. What, what ends up happening is that you double your work. Absolutely. Right. You double the amount of effort because you've done one, one version of it, doesn't work out. Now you have to either go find someone else. And do it again and again and again. Yeah. So, which is such a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And so as a result, you, there's a bunch of stuff, but you end up losing time. You lose money. You lose effort on the project. You, you, you just have to double back. I mean, I think we've all been in that situation in some, in some cases. Yeah. I mean, we've seen clients come to us with a storyboard that yeah. they're not happy with and they want to start over from the beginning. Yeah. And we hate when that happens because we feel, <laughs> we feel for them in that situation. Yeah. I mean, we look at your storyboards and we're like, oh. What like, happened? This yeah. is not going to work. And they, but uh, they know it's not going to work. And that's, yeah. 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 It, you hate to go back to the drawing board after going so far into the process. Yeah. So when to use animation. So there's the idea of like, this is a problem and like, we don't have an ideation phase. Maybe we're not in that rhythm of doing that. Maybe we don't think that way. That's okay. Totally fine. Here are a couple tips to help you think about how and when to use animation. When to use it working with topics that are conceptual in nature. So so we mentioned this last episode, but AI, data, the cloud, right. things that are sort of Security. conceptual. Yeah. So, yeah. So any of those types of topics, animation is a great place to put in something around that. Emotional journeys are a great place to put animation. So when you want to tell a story where the audience has to go through a struggle and find a solution and feel great about that solution in the end. That's an emotional arc that you want to tell. Yeah. That that you're really trying to visualize too in a, in a broad scope. Yeah. And that can happen across those three buckets, sell, educate, and chain. You can still educate through an emotional journey. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Passage of time or historical Mm -hmm. events. So sometimes you want to tell a story about the, maybe your nonprofit was built on, this particular event happening, or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's some history behind why you're doing what you're doing. That might be a place where animation can really uh, visualize what that, that thing would look like. You know, it'd be really hard if you did like a live action reenactment mm-hmm. of a particular time and period. Yeah. As much as I great. want to show in person, my reenactment of my Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> campaign, <laughs> it feels like it's a better thing to uh-huh. have animated. Yeah. 
like Vox Machina. Awesome Vox show. Machina, awesome show. If you're into D and D, I mean, yeah, we don't have anything Clearly to do. We, we do. <laughs> we don't have anything to do with that show, but that show is amazing. Yes, uh, just side shout note. out to the folks that we do know at Titmouse doing that some on of that it. stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Another place to use animation when live action is just too expensive, mm-hmm. right? It might be that you're trying to do a really expensive shoot. You have maybe a three or four camera shoot. You have like a bunch of people and like you need all these things. Sometimes that's just not in your budget. As a marketer, you know what your budget is for hopefully for the year at one point, right? (laughs) Ideally. Ideally, or for the quarter and for the channel. So depending on how you're splitting that up, it, it really depends on your organization. But if your budget doesn't allow for live action, you might also be out of range for animation too. So depending again, <laughs> depends on the complexity where you are. Yeah. yeah. But keep your budget in those cases, you want to keep your budget front and center so that people know what they're working with. If, you, if you're not open about that, it is so much harder mm-hmm. to try to figure out what it is you want to do. Like if you just say, here's my budget, here's a, a number that I can get behind, take it to the person who's trying to do something. And if they talk through how they're going to use that money, yeah, that might be a better place to be. Alternatively, if you are doing a live action shoot, you can use animation to augment that piece of footage. So you can complement it. You can yeah. complement it. We've done that for a couple of different videos where we add animated elements to the world and that makes it so much better. Yeah. Just to um, emphasize certain points or to yeah. clarify something that's complex. Yeah. And my last point here is when your your audience, another place to use animation is when your audience might actually want it or need it. Or yeah, be or that? be used to it. So when you're working with products or services that are geared towards younger audiences, so younger audiences by design, <laughs> right, are you watching animation at a much earlier age? They're getting into animation as part of their, you know, n- normal world. Yeah. I mean, and even so, we did growing up as kids. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where most of it lives. But because they're used to seeing so much of that content, they're more susceptible or more open to receiving that kind of yeah receiving kind of the animate the yeah. information through animation yeah but you just but you want to make sure it's appropriate that's true because yeah. i think there are situations where like you you wouldn't really want to sell your next bottle of grand marnier with bluey right you know, <laughs> it's not the best move i think not great but it's it's an interesting <laughs> marketing question right because right. who are you targeting with bluey is bluey, it the parents or is it the kids a lot of the times <laughs> i feel like bluey is targeted to the parents right so they're, like, hey, they're engaged in watching yeah exactly so but yeah yeah, it's that's one of those. Uh, Can you imagine areas, like a, a, a sophisticated Grand Marnier blue? Me, <laughs> yeah. that would be quite interesting. Yeah. On the flip side of that, yeah. uh, maybe we should talk about when not to use it because yeah. this feels like an appropriate shift. Absolutely. So, really, when not to use animation is if there's no clear path on how the medium could actually be applied to your efforts. So, honestly, in the marketing side, you want to kind of be real with yourself about like. If you don't fully understand the strategic benefit of the medium of animation, it might not be the right time to use it. And that's okay. This is really dependent on your specific situation, though. So, again, this is why we reiterate the idea of like bring someone on early. Yeah. You have to bring them on early to work through those creative ideas, workshop some things, understand what's appropriate and what's not uh, to help create that clearer path forward to the project. Because what tends to happen is that your audience might react negatively mm. to the idea of like if if you're working on a product that you've never used animation before and then you make this su- kind of sudden shift. switch, it's a big yeah, shift you make a big shift to campaign, animation, yeah. it could feel unprofessional. It could yeah. just negatively impact the brand. 
So one thing that we always recommend on that front is if you're working on things where you're planning out like a video series, we always say start with one video first. Yes, yeah, or the, just a small test. Or yeah, even like a, a small motion market test. market or, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like workshop, workshopping that idea early to see whether or not the audience will react positively to it, whether yeah. or not the content is actually coming through in the right way, yeah. whether or not <laughs> that information is being absorbed in the way that they were hoping for. And whether yeah. or not the outcome that you want is what is what you're getting back. For sure. Right. You're, you want to measure the outcomes for your particular campaign or for your particular strategy, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. Just make sure you're measuring that test. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, we've, we've encountered where like marketing efforts or like even an animated video has failed in the past. Yeah. Um, and so that's actually something that would be really interesting. Like if you're a marketer and you've used animated content before mm. and it failed, we would love to hear from yes, you. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That would be so cool to see yeah. like what happened as a result. Like, I, what, you know, I love learning from my failures. Always. And, I, always. and I also, what I love more is learning from your failures. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you me failed. Me personally, yeah. Oh, I anyone, all day, anyone. Yeah. No, no, anyone. I, I just, I, I take so Have much you away. We yeah. want to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, failures. well, I've always heard the idea of um, fail forward. You know, oh yeah, sure. Which yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fail forward, fail often, fail early. Right. Um, yeah. It all it's all connected. Failure is the key to success. In that light, clearly there's places where it can fail. <laughs> there's places where it can succeed. And then there's this kind of like gray area yeah. about when and when not to use animation. There's a little bit of a gray's anatomy here. Wow. Boom. Oh, got the gray's anatomy <laughs> joke in. Boy. I'll I'll get you back for that one. <laughs> I'll find some way to work in a scandal. Ooh, oh. yeah! <laughs> nah, too good, too much. We're, we're too big much. Shonda Rhimes fans here. <laughs> Go Shonda Rhimes. A few places where the animated medium might fall into this gray area is something I call a stereotypical character problem. Talk to me about that. Well, so here's the dilemma: we have a thing that we want to sell or educate on or entertain with. And we're trying to design a character, mm -hmm. but deciding on any specific race or gender may make that situation questionable. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I do. I do. And so the depiction might be inaccurate and even further, it might be a little bit offensive. Yeah. So, I mean, in the animation industry, we've we've seen that happen and we do not want to go back. <laughs> we yeah, don't want to go backwards, backwards into what animation has been. Yeah, there's a uh, ton of there's a ton of historical things that over caricatures. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we want to be sensitive about that. But you want to be careful about, you know, what you're doing now, because you can keep doing that and not not. Right. Realize. You do not want to go down in history as <laughs> offensive in that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. So in these cases you want to work with someone who is thinking through those character choices and really coming up with those choices with authenticity in mind. Right. Right. So not the buzzword version of authenticity, <laughs> <laughs> actual right. conscious authenticity. That's true. That's true. So a good way to do this is try watching some examples either on their website or through some examples that they, that you request or something like that yeah. and see how they depict characters and whether or not they're thinking about those, those things authentically. Mm -hmm. You can also try to see what, what kinds of characters they've depicted in the past mm -hmm. around your specific topic. Maybe yeah. if they have relatable videos or something like that, very specific, relevant examples. And I think that's a situation where you can use your best judgment because it's one of those things where like, if it feels wrong, it probably is. Yeah. Like that's, that's something that you inherently, 
it happens in just in animation when animation feels off even if you don't know how to explain it or what the identify what the real problem is you'll feel it you'll Mm. you'll know all right last sort of gray area topic yeah and this is where we get into this ar vr hot debate hot takes we're here is it the um or no what am i thinking of Jun-jun, the the law and order like we're oh, gonna have to I have think a... you were right the first time which is like judge judy or something oh is that judge judy i think yeah. so Dun-dun-dun. and then it's good i think so yeah <laughs> I, I can't remember anyway hot debate on ar and vr yeah we Why, have different so takes. we have different takes and i think for me personally go ahead ar and vr both maybe more vr than ar mm-hmm. but mostly fall into this gray area of whether or not it does what it's supposed to do and here's why Here are my takes. So (laughs) what do we know? We know that technology oftentimes fails us. They're intended for good, right? You have this sort of intentionality behind the thing that you've designed. And sometimes, oftentimes, it doesn't work out that way. I mean, just look at social media. (laughs) Just look at social media. So when I think about AR augmenting my world, maybe through some glasses that I'll have in the future, Mm -hmm. that I can touch and interact with and have it display a bunch of stuff to me, Will that actually make my life easier? So I don't know. Yeah, this is where the the debate comes in for me because it it's so for me depends on the context of what you're using that that tool for. Okay, right. If you if I'm looking at an AR experience, I've seen this a lot in like the sports world, sure. right? Where like you're at a game and then you're watching a touchdown happen and then like animation pops up and there's like fireworks and things. The, which, you're talking about Nickelodeon. So Nickelodeon does. Not just Nickelodeon, but oh, like, uh, yeah. The, uh, I say a Game of Thrones. So. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of sort of ads that are AR related that through your television, when you're watching the game, you'll see these augmented things in the right, space. To like hype up the entertainment yeah. value. Yeah. Right. So clearly for entertainment purpose there which might be engaging. I, I, hard for me to say as, so, as somebody who doesn't watch sports. Something I know about that is that Nickelodeon has, has increased viewership for the NFL on that ah, particular so see, age did range. It, yeah. Did it go for the intention they had? Yeah. They did. And right. I think it is working. So like, you know, if you get a touchdown, you get slimed or something, right, or, you right. know, it's like all, all AR stuff. The intention of getting more viewers onto the platform or onto the shows or watching more sports seems okay. Right. Like that's a pretty but I guess good... if you looked back at it as me, I'd love to talk to a kid who got excited about it and then like is older now and then right. like ask them if that was a, a valuable or meaningful experience that added to their experience. That's an right. interesting question. Or does I, it just like, did it get more viewership and that was right. the goal? So for so me you, on the yeah. augmented reality side, I think it, it does have a lot of benefit just again, mm. depending on the context. So if I'm looking at something like, a more immersive experience within museums, right? Okay. Something that typically I find, especially for younger audiences, again, mm-hmm. that uh, if I go with kids to a museum, then I find that reading through the text the whole time is boring. Quite frankly, yeah. they have a harder time engaging in that way. So I've experienced this myself where you go into a museum and you have your phone and you can look through the lens of a particular piece of text right. and then have somebody speak it out to you. It's an animated character that will right. like walk you through it. And that I have found has created a more engaging experience. So it just depends. I think that it has its place, but again, gray area, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So how many museums are going to take that up? To? That's true. That's true. Because it becomes more expensive. But, I didn't so, think about, I didn't think yeah. about kids getting more 
educated through AR experiences. Right. That's an interesting Yeah, depends on the realm. context. And yeah. the, I'm assuming this is the same case for VR, right? So for VR, to me, you know... <laughs> we got to talk about the concerts. <laughs> we got to talk about the concerts. I personally, I don't know. To me, it feels like if I'm putting on a headset and some headphones and I'm going to go to this particular VR concert, yeah. I might feel less connected in fact, to the people who show up there, because it feels to me like I'm chatting, like there's a, there's a chat bot <laughs> in the background that I now have to interact with on top of listening to the music. I came here for the concert, but now I need to interact. And I think to me that, that one, it takes me out of the music and mm -hmm. into this like other realm of communication, which is, you know, fine if, mm -hmm. if that's what your deal is. And, and maybe you, you grew up with that. Right. I think, I think, I think, I think that's we're where seeing, we differ. Yeah. 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 I didn't grow up with, with chatting while talking, while listening. Right. Like that, that's too many inputs <laughs> for my brain to process. Right. And Meanwhile, so just, for me, yeah. I get a lot of content through like Twitch streams and like, right. you know, watching people play video games. So that, that concert side of like, I love the idea of being able as a, as a concert goer. Yeah. I love the idea of being able to connect with friends from all over the place where we both have the same interest in the same music, but we can't all fly to each other to go get to this concert where tickets are usually really expensive. But how, 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 uh, how is that different from watching a YouTube video of the artist all together with like a YouTube play thing? You but know what for, I mean? Yeah. But I think it's because no, no, you no. can actually interact with the people that you're with. Uh, I think it creates a unique, ex at least currently, right? Cause it might get oversaturated in the future, but for now, it creates a unique experience that you get to do with your friends. You get to connect, you get to chat. Sometimes you get to interact directly with the artist. I think that's another thing too. That, that the is artist a big, can say yeah. like, oh, you know, wall of puppies, look at you doing your thing over there. That's cool. Like that's fun. Like, it provides a, a closer level, a more intimate level of engagement. Just, than just tweet at him. Be <laughs> just tweet at the guy. I'm not tweeting anymore. Yeah. I think we're, <laughs> we're done with Twitter. But yeah, so... The the bottom line is that whether you choose to use AR and VR for your creative outlets, for your pieces of content, just being conscious about what you're using it for and why. If you're trying to do it from an educational perspective, you might need a bit more conversation that happens there yeah. to ask yourself, is this really engaging in a particular way? Because we've worked on projects before where we've done training simulations right. for different companies that are like talking about safety in the workplace and so you have to which is very important which yeah is very, very important. important and you have to recreate scenarios but you don't want to do that with like somebody almost getting run over by something <laughs> yeah so uh, for context a little bit there's the training series that we did was around big heavy machinery right and big giant warehouses mm -hmm. and like people in those places that can actually get injured and like yeah. die like yeah so so right. it is very important so it case. made it made sense to do yeah. for vr purposes okay but well, yeah so that's our debate that's our debate uh, please let us continued. know let us know in the um that section uh, below the, the below the video uh -huh. in the comments <laughs> let us know down there what your take is on ar or vr or how you would use it how that would you be would really use cool. it yeah, yeah yeah how how have you used it if you've used it already yeah so, so let's get into the solutions for creative specifically yeah. so we talked about this already but essentially try to speak up more where you can please be sure to do that in a clear and intentional way for your client because you do not want to anger them <laughs> yeah. and say, Hey, I want in on this. It's more like, 
you know, just being conscious about how you're just, approaching it. I think for us, it's just leaving that door open. Right. Look, if you want to talk to us before you even start anything, mm-hmm. we're open to talking to that. Absolutely. And, and yeah. you know, that there's some issue there too with some creatives being like, well, my ideas are gold. <laughs> that's Well, that's an ego problem that I think a yeah. lot on both marketers and creatives. We all share that to some degree. I don't want to share uh, my ideas. They're gold. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, well, are yeah. they? They're just ideas. Ideas are cheap. And I think that at least for us. Oh, interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I consider ideas cheap because executing on those ideas is actually way harder. Hmm. Right. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. But debate for later. So, (laughs) um, yes. So the question is like, basically, can you get involved in those creative choices earlier? And you can do that by kind of outlining the benefits to the client for doing so. right? Right. We talked about how if a client is losing time and money because they have to repeat the process over and over, maybe that's a suggestion that will benefit them for the future. I kind of suggest that you might only do this with clients that you're a little more comfortable with because you're you're building relationships. If you can build that relationship, that kind of relationship early and have it for the long term, that's a beautiful thing. But yeah, I start maybe with the clients that you gotta build would trust. be open to that. Yeah, yeah you you're, already, you're trying to build the trust. A question you can ask is like, is there leeway to workshopping the script at, at the point where you have a script already? And you sometimes the clients already have a schedule in place. You can ask that question. They might say no. They might say no. But it's yeah. one of those things that it never hurts to ask. It um, never hurts to ask. Yeah. yeah. But the way you ask it will, yeah. will matter there. Yeah. And you can ask questions around the strategy to better understand what that true intention is, right? You going back to the idea of asking, are they using the medium of animation to sell, educate, entertain, combo number five? <laughs> uh, very important. Right. So let's cover a summary. Yeah, let's recap. So big problems here for the marketer. Your strategy for the medium of animation is being developed without the creatives in mind at the right time, right? You're you're not involving a creative person early enough. Right. And a creative might be stuck with that idea or that script or that storyboard that they cannot alter or change and can't provide their input on uh, because they weren't involved early enough in the process, or there's not an opening there with which to do so. So easy solutions here, get a creative person early in on workshopping some of the ideas that you have for your strategies in the future. So it's kind of hard, but try to get someone, maybe you have someone in-house if you're working with a larger team, try to get some folks that are creative, maybe creative thinkers, not necessarily creative, like doers, like Mm. not, not people who like create things, but people who just think creatively and see what kinds of things you might yeah, come up with. Yeah, I want to acknowledge there too, that it's not to say that you are not creative, <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely it's, it's not. It's more just getting yeah. a sense of like, it, it's really from the lens of motion, right? Yeah. Understanding how motion is being applied to these things, it yeah. changes the nature of it. Yeah. And then on the side of the creative, again, speaking clearly about what needs to change, how those changes might be beneficial strategically for the content that the marketer is trying to produce and for the audience that's trying to consume it, yeah. right? Because ultimately the end audience is the is the goal here. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got. <laughs> this is a, yeah. I think that's a short episode. I don't know. I don't know. Actually. I think the ARVR, like, we could have gone on for hours. I but know. I know. <laughs> Here's the tease. In the next episode, we'll start to explore the creative pipeline. And we'll tell you what that means with some animation terminology. Yeah. It's going to be fun. 
We're going to learn. We're going to get into Let's books. get into words. Words and I think stuff. words matter when you're talking about this stuff. Yeah, which is, again, a weird thing for an animator to say. But, like, the words are probably the most important part. Probably the most important part, yeah. yeah. I mean, the motion's important. Yeah. It, but the, but words the words describe what happens. Absolutely. And I think that's a key. We need words. Yeah, yeah. Read your books, kids. <laughs> Uh, a big thank you to E-Media for producing this podcast. Our producer is Jackson Foote. Our music was created by Hidden and licensed through premiumbeat.com. It's time. My favorite time of the day. <laughs> Every time I read it, I come to that line and, and I sigh, sigh hard. <laughs> well, that, that's how our, our audience will know that the catchphrase is coming. Yeah. When it starts yeah. with a sigh. Until next time. Stay honest. Stay creative. Stay open. Mm. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you for spending your time with us. And we'll see you in the next episode. And then, of course, stick around, audio listeners, for our next bad idea. Yeah. Check us out on Spotify if you want to hear our bad ideas. (laughs) Well, more than Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Welcome back to our bad ideas. This is a open pixel classic. I I really think so. You know, I think I was more comfortable doing this without anyone else knowing that we did it. <laughs> and now that we're putting it out there in the world, I feel ashamed. Wow, really? No, no, not with. Well, okay, there are definitely ideas that we'll probably just not talk about. There's <laughs> there definitely are, some shameful. There's definitely ideas. some shameful ones yeah. out there. So we're we're only bringing you the best of the best. You know, the best of the bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk about it. Would you Would you like to present? Sure. The actually, this time? I, you know, I'll present it because I remember coming up with this one and feeling uh, that's incorrect. I came up with this idea, and I was wow. <laughs> I felt so upset learning that it that it had gone into like an actual thing. Right. Like this it, is one of those ideas, one of those that, ideas that came that, into that fruition came years up. after we came up with it. So my idea was gym bus, where you would take the bus. And you would work out on your way to work. Of course. And as one does. As you pedal, you know, if you had like a, I don't know, 45 minute commute, you would like pedal or, I mean, pedaling. Right. Really, that's all it was. No, no. I or was thinking you're like, thinking you're, like you're, you're dumbbelling. You're dumbbelling. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like put into a harness so yeah. that you don't like fall over on the bus. Uh, BT dubs. I think you can only really fit like 10 people on this bus. Oh, it's a big bus. It's a double decker. <laughs> it's one of those bendy, bendy buses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're in the middle. There is a shower, so Correct. you can. So you you're going to be fresh and clean yeah. before you get to exactly. work. Uh, it's a perfect. It's a commuter's <laughs> dream, quite honestly. <laughs> so we came up with that idea, and then oh, I want to say like years later, maybe yeah, I want to say like two or three years yeah. later. There's a place in Seattle. I, I think it's in Seattle. Yes. That it's a bus where you can. Uh, it's literally called bike bus. But it's bike bus. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And so you can pedal on a bike while going to wherever it is you're going. Yeah. And you get off and you go home. Something we I didn't don't think, think they about, have a shower. But the, no, they don't have a shower. But something yeah. we didn't think about that is a good idea in there uh-huh. is that the bike powers the bus no that's what happens that's crazy it, it doesn't power the bus but it does provide some some, some electrical energy. input yeah which yeah. is crazy uh i think it's a solar powered bus too yeah so I we think. were we yeah. were devastated when we heard this news because that was the one we were going to pitch to shark tank we're on our we're on, we're on a mission to pitch a bad idea on shark tank <laughs> one day uh yeah so if you feel that any of our bad ideas would be worthy of shark tank uh let us know for sure or again animate them 
animate have them. fun with them oh yeah if you are a marketer how would you market any of our bad ideas gym bus yeah who would you market it to if you're a creative go ham on gym bus oh yeah we want to see those designs we want to see those pecs and those uh, <laughs> those pecs the i don't know the the lats the tries the, the, the tries the tries the lats the quads there you go. Yes. We I'm took that it. one anatomy class in college. <laughs> I used to work handy. out. I used to work out. That's fair. I used to work out. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.